Hey mamas, fear of the unknown is scary, but the more you know, the less you fear. And as a first time mama, there is so much you can learn about from hearing other mamas' true and positive birth stories. In the third episode of the Built to Birth podcast, we have the privilege of hearing Kayla's natural hospital birth and how she was able to find peace and assurance when labor didn't go exactly according to plan. If you listen and love her story, make sure you subscribe to the Built to Birth podcast, rate it, and then write a review so that your podcast platform knows to share these inspiring birth stories with more mamas just like you. So let's listen to Kayla's story. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit down with me and let me hear your birth story. I'm so excited to hear it. Of course. I'm yeah, so excited. How are you? Tell it. I'm good. Just good. adjusting to being mom is new, totally. but fun. <laughs> yeah. Because how old is your little one? She is nine days old. So oh my goodness. She just April 16th. She's super, super new. <laughs> so fresh, brand new. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Seriously, thank you so much for of taking course. this time. We'll just, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I think just hearing your your bursary is going to be so impactful for so many moms out there. So again, thank you so much for taking this time uh, to share it with us. Um, but before we get to your bursary, do you want to share a little bit about you and your family and, uh, you know, you uh, a little bit about preparing for your birth? Yeah. Um, so my husband and I have been together. Um, I count like since the first time we went on a date. So for that, it's, we've been together for like seven years. Um, but we've only been married for a couple years. So we were together for quite a while before we ended up getting married, but I love that because it's just special. We just got to spend so much time, like making sure that that was Exactly. Yeah, I feel like you kind of grow up together a little bit, you know, when you're with each other for that long, you really like get to know who each other is and you guys really grow up and that creates a really strong bond. Yeah. So that is um, how long we've been together. We actually went to high school together, which is really crazy to think about, but he was three (laughs) years older than me. So um, we like knew each other, but didn't really know each other kind of thing. And then um, just randomly, he ran into my sister like a handful of years after high school and he, they like started talking about me and he was like, oh my gosh, I wonder how she is and like reached out <laughs> to me. And then we just started talking and then we never stopped hanging out. So it was I kind of a it. cool story. Yeah. Um, Cause it was like super unexpected. I would have never seen that coming in high school or after or anything, but (laughs) it's um, funny how life works out. (laughs) I know it's really crazy how it ended up playing out, but, um, we've been together for, we've been married for a couple years and, um, we actually were planning on originally waiting a little bit longer to have kids. Um, we just wanted to wait until we could potentially make enough money outside of work that, I would be able to be a stay-at-home mom for sure, like a full-time stay-at-home mom, Mm. and we wouldn't have any like extra worries or stress or financial burden. So we were planning on waiting a little bit longer. And then um, we actually, I actually had an IUD in, um, and my story is a little bit interesting. I had an IUD in, and I actually, it came out when it wasn't supposed to. Oh, no. And I actually had a check, like my annual checkup, like a week before and everything was great. Nothing was moved. Like it just was Mm -hmm. like a weird freak thing that it just came out. Um, 
And so for my husband and I, we, we have a pretty strong like faith walk. So we never like judge anybody else if they don't have one, but, um, for us, that's just our story. Mm -hmm. And, um, so that came out and we kind of took a second and we're like, okay, I can get it put back in like no big deal. Not a big, you know, no big worries or anything, but we were kind of like, well, maybe we should, you know, maybe this is like a sign that we should maybe just like not try, not prevent kids mm-hmm. um, take that time just to like really decide. So we took a couple weeks and like really thought it through. We didn't want to like make any like rash decisions or just like make a decision right off the bat. We were like, okay, let's like think this through since it's a little earlier than we were wanting. Um, yeah. And he actually like, right when it happened, he said that he like previously, like a couple days before was just thinking about like our age and stuff like that. And like what age our kids will be when they graduate and what age we'll be and stuff like that. And like, it just like came, he just started thinking about it for like a random reason. And then that happened and we were like, well, maybe we should. And so we kind of just decided to not try and like not prevent it. I was Mm -hmm. still kind of tracking stuff on an app because I was like, if we do get pregnant or when we do, I want to have like a pretty good idea of like what, when it happens so we can track that a little bit, but I was, we weren't like super intentional about it. Um, and then it was like, I want to say three, maybe four months. I think it was only three months later we ended up getting pregnant, which was Mm. so exciting. Um, And I actually have wanted to be a mom my whole life, like all Mm. growing up as a kid and everything that was like, my dream was just to be a mom. And so Mm. it was really special. Um, Right about, I was going to say right about my senior year of high school, um, I started having a lot of um, like pain and problems with like periods and stuff like that. And Mm. um, they couldn't figure out for the longest time, like what was going on. And then they, um, they thought I had endometriosis. And so they Mm. were like, okay, this is probably what it is. Obviously we can't fully diagnose it until we do surgery and like see in there. And so, um, for like uh, the last handful of years, I was like mentally preparing myself, like, okay, endometriosis can make it really hard to have children. Um, some women can't have children. And so that was really hard to go through. Um, like mentally just trying to like, okay, I've wanted to be a mom my whole life. And then they tell me like, I might not be able to. And so that was really hard. Obviously my husband was incredible. And the whole time was like, I know it's going to happen. Like, I don't know Mm. how or what we'll figure it out. Like it's going to happen one way or another. We're going to have kids. And Mm. so we went through that whole journey. And then, um, I want to say it was almost two years ago now. Um, I actually ended up having the surgery for endometriosis. Um, because I wanted to try to be able to have kids. So we were like, okay, if you know, that's the case, then I'm going to have the surgery and we're going to have kids and we're going to like figure it out. Cause it's easier to have kids once you have the surgery. Um, and actually they went in and they didn't find endo- any endometriosis, which was wow. crazy. It was like kind of a miracle cause they yeah. wouldn't have done the surgery if they weren't pretty sure that that was what was going on. Um, and I was just having a little bit of like excess bleeding around my ovary. Um, and they just like carterized it and everything. And then after that, everything's been fine. So it was just causing a lot of pain for something Mm. so simple. Um, but it was like a huge blessing in disguise because we were like, yes, like we went through all the surgery and all that stuff, but we're like, we now know that 
everything's fine. And my doctor was like, I, because she had to like physically like go in and see with Mm -hmm. cameras. She's like, everything looks perfectly fine. You're going to be able to get pregnant right away. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, like I've been like the last handful of years, like mentally preparing to find out that it's going to be harder or whatever. And then then we ended up not even actively trying and then only got pregnant in like three months. So it was really crazy. It was such a huge blessing. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Is there any other part of like that you wanted to hear more about or? Well, I think that's so special just because like there was that element of like fear and uncertainty over something that you wanted so badly, you know, since Mm -hmm. you were young. Um, And I think for so many people, you don't know how badly you want something until you're faced with reality of like, maybe you can't have it. And especially when it comes to kids and there are so many moms out there who do struggle with infertility, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and struggle with those fears and doubts and uncertainties of whether or not that's, you know, their, their future reality, if they're going to be able to have what they want. And so I feel like that's such a huge like story of hope. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, that like something, totally unexpected in the first place you didn't expect to have endometriosis and then you didn't end up expecting to not have it all of a sudden and like it happened you know just I don't know that's just a sweet special story so thank you so much for sharing that with me um when you found out you got pregnant you said that you know you'd always wanted to be a mom did you think about like you know the pregnancy and the birth aspect of that when you were younger or what was it kind of like once you found out you were pregnant and you're like, okay, now I have like nine months to prepare one to give birth and then to become a mom. What was that kind of journey like for you? Um, so when I like growing up and thinking about it, I kind of, I like understood like, yes, I have to like give birth and you know, that's going to be a challenge for sure. Um, but I didn't really think about it a whole lot. Like it just didn't set in like more so like reality of like, I have to do that. It was kind of just like, I know it's going to be worth it. And Mm -hmm. I know like going through whatever I have to go through to have a baby is going to be a hundred percent worth it. So that's kind of where my mindset was like before getting pregnant. Um, after getting pregnant, I feel like for the longest part of my pregnancy, I almost was just like, so fearful of like thinking about all of it that I Mm -hmm. kind of just was like, I don't really want to like think about it or like talk about it or figure out exactly what I wanted. Yeah, kind of like, like I'll just cross that bridge when I come to it. And yes. before then, like, I don't want to think how I don't I'm even want to cross it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to like mentally try to prepare for that because I was just like, I'm going to overwhelm myself and like overthink it and just get stressed out about it. Yeah. Um, and then like we, we decided we were going to do some like, um, classes through like the hospital and stuff like that. But we kind of were like, well, they're kind of spendy, you know, which is totally fine. Like I totally understand why, because you're learning so much from them. Um, Mm -hmm. but we were kind of like, well, you know, nowadays with the internet, like we can learn so much online probably that we would be learning those classes without paying a couple hundred dollars for like an hour or whatever. And so we were like, well, maybe we should just wait and see. Um, and then, so we didn't do like a ton of preparing. Um, I've been like reading, you know, like parenting books and things like that, but nothing specific to like the actual birth. Um, mm-hmm. until a couple weeks before the birth. Um, and then I kind of like hit this like panic where I was like, 
I am not prepared. I have no idea what to expect. Like Hmm. I haven't planned for anything. Like I knew I wanted to have a natural birth. I just didn't know like what that would look like or like ways Hmm. to help get through that or anything like that. Like I didn't really understand like the gravity of that. I knew that that's what I wanted. Um, Hmm. And I kind of went into it knowing like I want a natural birth, but I also understand that like a lot of people's birth stories change a lot during the pregnancy or like during the labor, because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are unknown or that can come up that you, you don't, you can't plan for really until it's happening. And so I kind of went into it very like open-minded, like, okay, yes, my goal is to have a natural birth as much as possible. Um, But if something were to happen, or if I felt like I needed an epidural or whatever the case may be, like, I'm also open to like adjusting my plan as much as I can be. Um, I have... I've had so many like moms be like, oh, like it doesn't ever go as planned. Like you can plan every little detail, but like if something changes, like don't be so worried about it. Don't Mm. stress about it. You know, like be willing to like adapt as, as things go. Cause it's different for everybody. Every birth is different. Um, and so I, one thing I did do other than like watch like educational videos or learn about like actual giving birth is I just learned a lot from people by their stories. Um, Mm kind of like how you're doing the videos and like podcasts for people's stories. I think that that's so helpful for me. That was really helpful to kind of get past that like fearful mindset and Mm -hmm. like hear those positive stories of like natural births or even births with medication, things like that. Like just hearing people's positive stories and not the ones that are like the crazy, like everything went wrong stories. Um, Because I feel like, like, I think you said it in another like audio or something that I was listening to. Like a lot of the stories you do hear are the like really extreme, like crazy cases. And so Mm -hmm. that can like really terrify somebody when you're like, I have to do this. Yeah, Um, definitely. And what do you feel like in those positive birth stories like what do you feel like you gleaned the most from like what do you what did you feel like was most helpful from those um for me personally because I wanted a natural birth hearing people who had achieved natural birth stories Mm -hmm. that were like positive was really empowering because it was like I knew that I could do it and I know that things can change and mine could be different and I could have to adjust but at the same time it was like okay there's more and more people that I'm hearing their stories that have done it and achieved it and like got through the hard parts and, you know, talked about the times when they like felt like they couldn't do it or Mm. they wanted to get an epidural or whatever the case was. Um, And actually, so before this, I was a nanny for um, one family with three kids uh, for the last three years. So I've been like their nanny for a really long time. And Mm their grandma was visiting, um, a little while ago and she, I was talking to her about the pregnancy and, you know, the plans for like birth and stuff like that. And, um, she was telling me that she had all six of her kids, all natural at home births. And I was like, you are amazing. And so I was just (laughs) picking her brain the whole time she was there. I was just like asking her what techniques she did, what things she did to like get through the pain. She said she did kind of like various things. She um, did like breathing techniques. She Mm -hmm. did um, like focal points. She did all these other things. 
And she's like, I just kept moving the whole time. I went on walks like around the neighborhood and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy to think about. So like amazing. in the middle of active labor with no medication, you're just like yeah. walking around the neighborhood. But it was like so empowering to hear that she had mm-hmm. done it six times and all at home, all natural and like everything was fine. I was like, the fact that like you've done that six times just blows my mind. Like, let alone hearing somebody's story who's done it once. Like that Mm. was so cool. Um, and I heard a couple other ones, like the mom that I nannied for, for her first kid, she said that she, uh, wanted to do it all natural. And she kind of hit that wall of like, okay, I want the epidural. Um, and by the time she's like, by the time I got to that point, it was like time to push. So she's like, mm. if you can just like get past that like wall of like, mm. it's going to be so hard that it's like too late almost. Then it's like, mm. you're kind of just like have to do it and figure it out. And I was like that, that's kind of encouraging. So if I can get mm-hmm. to that point where like, that's the only option, then I'm just kind of like forced to do it. Um, (laughs) So that was kind of like my goal. I was like, if I can just get past that like wall that everybody, you know, I think you said it in one part, there's like a certain part of the labor where it's like usually when people give in and get the epidural. And so I was kind of like, okay, mentally, if I can just get past that like point of like, I know it's almost over. I know Mm -hmm. the end is so close. I just have to get there. Like, Yeah. And usually that happens like towards the end of active labor as you're getting into like that transition phase where it's Mm -hmm. just like you're literally at like the top of the hill and it's about to like go down and become so much more like not easy because there's nothing like easy about pushing. Like it takes so much of you to do that, but like Mm -hmm. it's like you're able to actually do something. It's not like you're just like, okay, I have to relax. I just have to get through each surge, you know? So it's like you're at the top of that hill and you're just like, and like about to come on the other end Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that sounds like along with you know those some of those educational videos that you watched um on your own those positive birth stories were really impactful for you yes yeah so I pretty much just like leaned into positive birth stories. Um, And mostly I focused on natural birth stories, but but really any positive birth story. Um, Mm. But because a natural birth was what I was trying to achieve, I was really focusing on those uh, kind of throughout the pregnancy, just like picking people's brains, listening to podcasts, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then I think it was only like maybe a week and a half before we had her that I actually found your videos. I was like, I need to start watching videos. Like I'm getting really stressed out. I am not prepared. I don't know what to expect. (laughs) Like this is the first time I'm ever doing this. Um, and I found your videos and I just like watched them every single day. Like there was like one or two days where I like didn't watch them and I could like feel my fear like building back up because I was like, (laughs) when I would watch them, I just felt so much more informed. I felt so Mm. much more educated on like, that those steps of labor and like breathing techniques and things like that, Mm -hmm. that I was like, okay, like I can do this. I know I can do this. My body's made to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if I didn't watch them, it was kind of like, I let myself get into my head a little bit and be like, oh my gosh, like I have to do this. Like, Yeah. It's like that fear of the unknown just like keeps building. It's like that monster under your bed that like, until you look and you're like, okay, it's nothing to be scared of. It's just like that fear that builds up. 
yeah, that was definitely like how it was. It was like the main thing I was more afraid of is like the fear of the unknown part of it Mm -hmm. was like, I don't know how painful it's going to feel. I don't know what it's going to feel like because I've never done it before. I don't know if there's going to be like a complication that arises and like how we're going to have to handle it or like what my options are going to be. And so for me, that was kind of like my mind would just like go into this, like what, what if, what if this, Mm -hmm. what if that, um, And so watching those videos every day was so helpful because I was able to kind of just like, okay, like this is what my body's meant to do. It knows what to do. I know what to do. I know the steps of labor. I know like the phases of labor. Like once I Mm -hmm. hit this point, I know what's going on, like in my body, which was so important because I felt like I didn't understand like how any of that worked. And so that was more of the fearful part is like, I didn't Mm. know what to expect. Um, But like watching those videos was super helpful. And then also watching the ones that were like for partners or like how partners can like help relieve pain or like things that they can try. Like my husband and I would like watch them in the mornings. I would just like have them on just like listening and learning and he would like Mm. watch them with me. And so like the, the piece of like knowing that like he knew and like could hear from you, like, don't be upset if she tells you she doesn't want like something like stuff like that, because i like didn't know how I was going to react in labor, mm-hmm. especially with no medication. It's like, you don't know how your body's going to handle like the pain and like the, everything that you're going through, like emotions mm-hmm. and hormones and just like yeah. everything. Yeah. Because it's so much more than just like the physical sensations. It's yeah. like, it's, it's a journey, like heart, body, mind, and soul. Like yeah. it's just like everything jam packed into these like hours of labor. And so it is like, how am I going to respond to the sensations? How are my emotions going to respond? Mm-hmm. How is my mindset going to be like? So it yeah. is all of that. And like having a partner be aware, like, okay, like I can't take anything, you know, personally, I yeah. just have to like, you know, support this mama who's in labor, who I love so much in whatever way I can, I think is, it's like a big relief. It's a big burden off their shoulders. Like, okay, like I can't do everything right. I'm not expected to do everything right. I'm just expected to be like present and be there for um, Mm -hmm. mama for whatever she needs. Yeah. Um, One of the things about our birth story, um, is it changed? I know that you had asked about like, uh, if our birth story had changed, like what we wanted it to look like to what it was. Um, and I always knew I wanted to have a natural birth. So that part didn't change. Um, but as far as like, I wanted to have other people in the room, but with Mm. all the COVID stuff that obviously changed. And so it changed a handful of times, like the weeks leading up to it, obviously as things progressed, um, Mm -hmm. at first it was, um, two people in your spouse, and then it went down to two people altogether. And Mm -hmm. then it went down to only spouse. Um, with a potential that there could be no spouse. Um, mm. And so that was really kind of a hard adjustment. The The other people in the room wasn't as difficult. I mean, it, it took me a second to like, okay, this is a change in my birth story. I wanted yeah. to have a few people in there and I had reasons why I wanted each person in there. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I had really put some thought into like who to be in there and stuff like that. And so that was took a second, but I was like, okay, I can, I can handle that. Like as Mm -hmm. long as my husband can be there, I'll be fine. And then 
Um, I actually was just listening to one of your other stories about how she found out that she potentially couldn't have her husband in there and she kind of freaked out. I did the exact same thing. Um, my doctor reached out to me. She is so sweet and I am so grateful for her. Um, she messaged me and was like, Hey, like keeping you updated on hospital stuff. Um, she's like, depending on obviously when your baby comes and how things progress, like I want you to like be mentally prepared just in case. She's like, I don't Mm -hmm. think that that will happen, but just in case your husband isn't allowed to be with you, like I want you to be like mentally ready for that. Yeah. Um, Which was so sweet of her to do. She did not have to do that. She like messaged me on Instagram and like went out of her way to like get me that information. Um, And she's so sweet. She was like, if that were the case, if you go into labor, uh, she's like, let me know right away. She's like, this is my phone number. Call me right away. I will Mm. come straight in. I'll be there for the whole labor. Like I will be right by your side. So you're not alone. You're not like with all these people you don't know. And Mm. if your spouse can't be there, like I can be there. So she was like, I will be there for the whole thing, which was so sweet for her. She was actually supposed to be on vacation. She was not even supposed to be working. She's like, just call me in. I'll Mm. take care of it. Like I'll be there. So that was really like, yeah, that was such a like peaceful thing to like Mm -hmm. know. But at the same time, I was still like such an emotional mess of like, I can't believe like, how am I going to bring our baby into the world without him even there and stuff like that. So that was a challenge that took a couple of days. I like had a lot of breakdown moments of just like, I don't know how I'm going to mentally get through this. Um, And of course, my husband was amazing and just was like, you can totally do it. Like if it's going to happen, like, we're going to figure it out. Like, you're going to be just fine. Your doctor's going to be right by your side, like all that stuff. But it still was just like, I don't know how I'm going to get through that without him. And luckily we didn't have to do that. He was able to be present, um, which was such a huge blessing. I was like checking on it every single day, like trying to mentally be ready if he wasn't there. But uh, so that's like from when yeah. from when your doctor kind of told you like hey when we might not be able to have like a partner in the room to mm-hmm. when you went into labor how long was that time span? Um, I think it was like a week before, so okay. it gave me a little bit of time to like kind of like process it and calm down. Yeah, and like, but still a week's pretty short. <laughs> yeah, I oh, was that's like, a lot to take on in a week. <laughs> yeah, I was like I was trying to figure out like what I would do in that scenario. And I was kind of, we were just trying to like use your very hopeful and like Mm -hmm. more so speak it into existence that like he was going to be there no matter what. And like, we're going to figure it out. And like, we're not going to have to worry about that. Like that's not going to be the case for us. Um, And so we talked, we just like talked, so like it wasn't going to happen. But at the same time I was like, okay, should I be like considering like home births? Should I be considering like other options? Because if I find out that he can't be there, I potentially would rather do like a home birth or something where Mm -hmm. he can still be present. Um, But with only a week, it's kind of like, I don't know how I would even achieve that and like Mm -hmm. find somebody who can do a home birth in a week's time and try to go through like my birth plan and all that stuff in, in such a short time. So we just were really hopeful that that wouldn't happen. Um, And worst case scenario, my doctor was like willing to just like be there for me, which is 
so sweet because, you know, she's not a midwife or a doula. Mm, That's not like what she's supposed to be doing. So for her to like reach out and be like, I will do that. I'll be there for you. Yeah, it just shows how much she cared for you. Yeah, it was so sweet. So that was really cool. She's actually the doctor that did my surgery for the endometriosis a couple years ago and stuff. So it's kind of been a fun journey because she's been through all of that with us and like potentially having like infertility issues and stuff like Mm. that. And then going from there and like meeting my husband at the surgery and getting to know him a little bit there and then getting to like see us through this whole journey has been really fun. But yeah, that is, that's amazing. So that was quite a journey, like, (laughs) you know, with before getting pregnant and getting pregnant, you know, kind of putting it off till the last minute with, you know, trying to find ways that you are going to, you know, just educate yourself for your birth experience. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, all this stuff with COVID happening and then you go into labor. So now, now give us like your birth story from, you know, when you were like, is this labor up until when your baby was born? Yeah. Um, so for my pregnancy near the end of my pregnancy, I actually had, um, a lot of Braxton Hicks, like more than the average person does. Um, I actually got on antibiotics to help try to like make sure there wasn't mm. any infections or anything like that because I was having so many like I was having them like like I went into labor and delivery like a month or so before um, she was here for like having like contractions every two or three minutes but they weren't okay. painful they were just like Braxton Hicks so I had like an extra amount of Braxton Hicks for some reason and my doctor's mm-hmm. like you know your body's just maybe that's just the way your body's getting ready for labor. Like it's just yeah. kind of, everybody's so different. And so yeah, exactly. that made it a little trickier for like gauging, like when labor was coming, because mm. I didn't really have that like gauge of like, okay, they're happening frequent or they're, they're speeding up or they're getting a little more intense. Cause I was like, okay, they're just like already like that yeah. in general. So it was kind of like, I just kind of have to wait until they get like painful and I like mm-hmm. feel like I'm like inactive labor versus just like my body preparing like extra. Yeah. Um, but so I actually had a doctor's appointment the day before my um, due date and um, she checked me and I was at like one and a half centimeters, I think. Um, and so she did the sweep where she did the cervical sweep. Um, mm-hmm. And she's like, hopefully we can kind of get this baby going um, she's like, I wouldn't, I don't want, you know, if possible, I wouldn't want the baby to go past 41 weeks. So mm-hmm. like, we're going to plan out, um, like in an induction, just in case she goes that far, because it was kind of like, I wasn't super progressing or there wasn't mm-hmm. like signs that it was like happening right away. So she was kind of like, well, just like get it going, get it scheduled just in case. And then obviously mm-hmm. we'll cancel it if we don't need it. Um, And so we did that the day before her due date. And, um, and then we, it was like that night in the middle of the night on her due date, we woke up (laughs) at 4.30 AM. Um, and it was like, I think it was like 4.30 or something like that. And I woke up and I was like, Oh, like these are kind of painful. Like maybe I'm just like starting like to get closer or something. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of just like, okay. And then I was only up for like 10 or 15 minutes. And I was like, okay, no, I think this is like the real thing. Like this seems like <laughs> it's like 
actually going to start happening here. And so I woke up my husband and I was like, Hey, sorry, I have to wake you up. But I was like, I think we may be going to the hospital soon. So you should probably start like waking yourself up, like getting ready to leave stuff like that, just in case. Um, and we were kind of like, okay, like let's hop in the shower. Um, my goal was to plan, my plan was to labor as much as possible at home with all the Mm -hmm. COVID stuff going on that also influenced that, but we were wanting to do that anyway, kind of. Um, and so we were kind of like, let's just play it by ear, you know, the four, one, one rule, the five, one, one rule, whatever mm-hmm. kind of thing. I was shooting more for like the four, one, one rule because it was the mm-hmm. first baby. So I was kind of like, yeah. I'd like to stay a little bit longer, but not like so long that I'm like, okay, like this baby's coming out before yeah. I get there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so I started like timing contractions and they started getting more painful. And as like, I was saying my p- contractions in general were like, pretty like heavy Braxton Hicks. So I started having contractions and they were, they weren't super far apart, but they were like six minutes, five minutes. They were pretty like close together. And so I was kind of like, okay, well, we'll time it for like an hour, you know, try to get there. And then within that first like hour, they went from being like five or six minutes apart to like two, three minutes apart. And so I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, well maybe we're not going to wait much longer because yeah they're obviously like progressing really fast like faster Mm -hmm. than I feel like most women would their first time they would have that hour or so of like consistent five minutes apart but Mm -hmm. mine were like getting more on top of each other and I was like okay that's a little more concerning because they're going a lot (laughs) faster so I was like I don't really want to sit at home too long so by the time we got from um our house to labor and delivery triage Um, it had been about two hours of like when we woke up to getting there and like getting all settled. Um, and by the time I got there, I was at three centimeters and they were like, okay, we're going to keep you in triage for about an hour and like, see how Mm -hmm. things go. Um, my contractions were like on top of each other. So I wasn't getting breaks. So like Mm -hmm. for me, that was really challenging because like, they, like I'd get like a small little break and I'd be like, oh my gosh, that was so nice. And the nurse is like, yeah, you should be getting those in between every contraction, but you're yeah. not. And so she's like, mm. they're doing great. She's like, you're having way, they're like on top of each other and they shouldn't be yet at this stage. Like you shouldn't mm. be, like, should be getting breaks. Yeah. Um, and so they gave me fluid to try to make sure I was hydrated. So like, we don't want you to be like dehydrated. We want to make sure your body like, isn't just like over contracting because of dehydration. Mm-hmm. Um, and staying hydrated through my pregnancy helped a lot with my Braxton Hicks. I still had a lot yeah. more, but it definitely helped. Mm-hmm. And so they hydrated me, kept me in there for about an hour. And then my husband, I like, don't remember a whole lot. Like, I feel like I was very like, just kind of like into in myself. I was yeah. very like zoned out. I was very just like focused on like my body and like what it was doing. And I was not really like trying to pay attention to time or like what was going on around me. I was just like, how can I like make this as comfortable as possible? Like, what can I do or try or like, yeah, yeah. Just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so he said that by the time they came back an hour later, I was dilated at about a six. Um, and so they were like, okay, we're going to get you in a room, like get you all ready to go. Um, and then by the time I got in the room, I got like almost immediately in the tub because my contractions were so like on top of each other and I was mm-hmm. having back labor, um, like and my lower back was like really bugging me. And so they were like, okay, the tub's probably the best option. And I actually tried, um, I think it was like, I tried sitting on a ball 
And I also tried sitting like on the toilet, like when I was laboring to, cause I've heard like people doing that and that helped mm-hmm. relieve the pressure. And mm-hmm. for me personally, that made it like so much more uncomfortable, mm-hmm. which I wasn't expecting at all. I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. is totally going to help. And then I'd like sit on the ball. I'm like, no, that's not working. Like that is not <laughs> yeah. what I want. And yeah. so it was kind of just trial and error of like trying totally. the different things I'd heard people doing. Um, yeah. And that's like every labor. It's like, that's why, that's why you have that toolbox, you know, is because one thing's not going to work. And so you try something else. So that's great that you had all of those stories to kind of pull from and be like, Mm -hmm. okay, we'll try the toilet. We'll try the ball. Okay. It's time for the tub, you know? So that's awesome. And I like naturally love baths and like being warm and stuff like that. So I figured Mm -hmm. like that would probably be like a bath or a shower would probably happen during my labor. Like just like as like a calming, relaxing thing. Um, and so yeah. I got in the tub and it was like a jacuzzi tub, which I actually think for me personally, the jacuzzi part of it helped a lot because it was, I wasn't like focused on like anything going on in the water. It was kind of just like moving around and it was not yeah. as distracting. I feel like otherwise mm-hmm. I would have been like, is there like stuff in the water? Like I'd be like <laughs> worrying about the little things like that. Um, and so I was in the tub for like, I I can't even remember how long. I think he said like an hour and a half or so. Okay. I was just laboring in the tub and they came in to check um, to see if my water had broke. And I was like, I feel like I felt it like leaking a little bit, not like burst, but like leaking. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, okay, your water probably broke already. Like slowly, it's probably been like slowly breaking um, in the tub, you know, and like nothing like super big. Um, and so they're like, okay, great. And so they, I think they checked me like once or twice in the tub to see like how I was progressing. Um, and at the hospital I delivered at, we, they don't do like water births. So it was very Mm -hmm. like, once I was ready to push, I like got out. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was okay with that. I wasn't planning on doing a water birth. I was planning Mm -hmm. on just like laboring in the tub. And so we got out of the tub and then I think I pushed for, I got out of the tub and I pushed total for like two hours. So it felt like a long time because I had no medication and things like that. Mm. But at the same time, it also like went by really fast because you're like so into your body and like what's going on. Um, And so I, I pushed for quite a while and she wasn't like moving down more. And so they were like, I don't understand like why she's not like going anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they realized that my water actually didn't break. Um, and so they thought it had broke. And so I was pushing and pushing and pushing and like nothing was happening. Um, or at least it wasn't happening as much as it should have been. And so, Mm -hmm. um, my doctor went to go break my water and like the second she like sat down to like go do it, it like bursts everywhere. (laughs) And so they were like, well, I guess we're not breaking it. Like it just happened. So it kind of just like naturally happened, which is what yeah. went, my goal was. I wanted it to naturally happen if yeah. possible. Obviously, if I'm like pushing and they they need to break it, I was totally okay with that too. Yeah. But, but so I guess it naturally happened. I like barely remember that. Um, <laughs> but I was very just like, I feel like hearing different birth stories, like a lot of people like kind of handle it all very different. I was very just like in my own head trying Mm -hmm. to just like mentally talk to myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I like had a really hard time. Like I like would every so often like look at my husband, but it was more so just like me just like in the zone. I just had to like focus. He would like ask me things and I just like couldn't physically respond. I just was like, I like literally can't 
And so I was like nonverbal, like cueing to him, like, like when I would like start to have a contraction, I would just like shake my head, like, no, like here it comes. And then he knew like, okay, here comes Mm, another one. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you guys kind of just developed your own little language. Yeah, we did. The labor language. Because I was like not speaking because I was just so focused on like getting through each contraction and like trying to breathe. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing that was challenging is my hospital wasn't doing any oxygen or anything because of COVID. Um, They're doing like very minimal like things. I think the only thing that they are doing is epidurals for like pain. Mm -hmm. Like there's no extra like oxygen or no anything like that. Interesting. That was a little bit challenging because it. I probably would have gotten oxygen if the nitrous oxide. Not the nitrous, just like regular oxygen to like help me not like hyperventilate. Um, I actually personally really don't prefer the nitrous oxide. It makes like my anxiety level go up. So I told my doctor, like, please don't give me that. And she's like, oh, we're not offering it anyway. So I was like, perfect. (laughs) Like, great. Nobody will give it to me. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, for me, it was really hard to try to like breathe through the contractions. And like, I, Mm. I listened to breathing techniques, you know, I learned about them. And so I would try really hard, but it was so, it was easy for me to like, kind of get caught up in like the pain that I would like mm. stop thinking about it and like thinking about what was going on. And that's kind of where my husband stepped in a lot. And yeah. he's, he's naturally like a really calming person and he's very mm. like calm and quiet. He's naturally like introverted. And so for me, that was really helpful because he just kind of was like there. It wasn't like yeah. he was doing a whole lot like physically or anything. He was just like right next to me and he just would like breathe really slow and like kind of just like set the pace for like how Mm. I should be breathing. And he would just remind me like, keep breathing, like breathe really slow, like take deep breaths. And he just kind of was like that voice, like at the, at the side of my head, that was just like, okay, like breathe through your contraction. Keeping you on track. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I would start. Do you feel like that was the best thing that he, he did for you throughout labor? Yes. I think just him like being next to me for me personally, like whenever I'm like sick or in pain or anything like that, like just being like close to him makes Mm. me feel a lot more like comforted. And so even though I wasn't really able to like interact with him very much Mm. or like, like really like look at him or talk to him or anything like that, it was like just knowing he was like right there was like really calming. Um, Mm. And he he was like holding my hands and he tried like, you know, a couple of times where he tried like the where he'd like rub down my arms and things mm-hmm. like that to like try to help like soothe me like I'm here like I'm right next yeah. to you like even though you're like in your own zone like I'm yeah. still here um and him helping me breathe was probably like the most helpful thing because mm. I just would like get so caught up in like like I, I like yelled a lot and like I was like yelling and so like I wouldn't like remember to breathe because I would like yeah. yell through the contraction versus like breathing through the contraction mm. so I definitely needed that like calm reminder. And even just like I said, him breathing on his own, like there were times where he would like say it and I wouldn't quite like, I wouldn't yeah. like register like what he was saying. And then he would just start breathing really slow and like yeah. the way he should be breathing. You just and then it would lead just lead like, the way by just doing it. Yeah. And yeah. then I would just like hear him breathing and I'm like, okay, follow his like breath. Yeah, like that's try awesome. to do what he's doing. That's great advice. I feel like for moms and other partners who are listening, you know, yeah. just do it. It's not necessarily like you don't need to bark orders. It's like, just do it with her and she'll like yeah. catch on. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. was like that calming of just like hearing it really nice and slow and yeah. like things I like that it. was like super helpful for me personally. Um, right. 
and he just he was there the whole time he was like right there present he was very mm. like aware he just was super encouraging you know like he was just like telling me the whole time like you can do this you got this your mm. body's made for this like and just like those little reminders like during the hardest parts was like what yeah. helped me get through it um yeah, yeah I feel like that That's was amazing probably so- the most helpful part I love it. So then after, so your doctor sat down to break the water and your water broke. And so what happened after that? I feel like you like stopped at the climax. I'm like, and then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for that, she broke my water. And I think he's been trying to like retell me the timeline because like time, I don't like have any recollection of like how long I was doing things or anything like that. Like I just like got through it and like took it one step at a time, like one contraction at a time. I know that's one of the best things is not looking at the clock, not trying to gauge how much time is being spent. It's just like, no, you just need to be in your own headspace and body Mm -hmm. communicating with your baby. Yeah. And one thing I did like mentally that helped a lot is I really tried to like think about each contraction like after like I was like very like Mm. in my head but I was like processing and so like I would like have the contraction and then I'd be like okay like that actually wasn't as bad as I thought it was like yes Mm. in the moment it felt really painful but then like right when it was over I was like okay like I can do that again like yeah that wasn't so bad that's I'm so glad you share that because I feel like in mom's minds it's like I thought like I thought labor was going to be one contraction for hours and hours and hours and hours and like when you get that like relief it's just like oh yeah like I can do that like I can yeah. do the next one and it's like you live for those like breaks in the yeah. between those surges yeah totally yeah and I just tried really hard to like mentally talk myself through like the next one because I knew they were mm. coming and mine came really yeah. fast and like really close mm-hmm. together and so it was kind of like if I got any breaks at all I just was like okay like evaluating like really that wasn't that bad like it was mm. painful and it was hard and like but then it was like before I could even like really freak myself out or like think about it like in a negative way it was like okay here's another one like yeah yeah like do that um but after my water broke I think I pushed for like another hour I think it was like an hour into pushing roughly um Mm -hmm. and I actually had a little bit of complications with like the actual like birth part Mm. um she she kind of got stuck so she was, wasn't really moving. She got to like where she was like starting to crown. Um, Mm -hmm. and then she like would barely like come and then no, and then come and then no. And she just got like stuck in there in Mm. some sort of way. Um, when she came out, you could like see a pretty good, like little dent on her head, like where her head got stuck. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming that's obviously what, where she got stuck, but, um, so we were having a little bit harder of a time. I was pushing and pushing and pushing and she was kind of like not going, like progressing out. And they kept going mm-hmm. like, okay, we got to get her out. Um, and they, we tried like all these different positions. Like I was on my hands and knees at the very beginning pushing. And then they're like, okay, let's try having you lay down and like see if mm-hmm. we can like, move you around to get you. Sorry, my cat just jumped up. <laughs> um. And they were kind of like moving me around to see if like different positions would help her kind of like twist different ways or like Mm -hmm. what out of whatever spot she was stuck in. Um, And so we tried different things for a while. We tried like angling me at a side. We tried like, like I had like 
I was on my hands and knees and had like a ball under my chest so I could like rest on it when I had like breaks and things, which was really Mm -hmm. great. Um, But we tried all these things and um, weren't able to really like get her to like finish coming out. And so my doctor made the decision to like cut a little bit, just like make Mm -hmm. a little bit of an incision to like help her kind of come past that little point she was stuck at. And so um, that part was a little scary because she looked like my doctor, they were very calm. They were trying to like keep composure, you know, and she looked at me and was like, okay, you have one or two pushes to get her out or we're mm-hmm. going to have to like use other measures like a vacuum or forceps or something because mm-hmm. you're very exhausted and baby's mm-hmm. getting tired and she's like we just need to get her out so she doesn't go into stress like you have to do this like you have Mm. like one or two more pushes you can do it like let's Mm. go and so when she kind of got serious that was a little bit scary but it also helped like kind of kick me into gear like okay this is it like I don't Mm. want extra measures taken I don't want to have to do anything extra if I don't have to because that was part of my birth it was like with everything I have like I have to just do it and she just like cut a little bit and then I pushed like twice and she came out. So it was Mm. very, like, I was very grateful that she chose to do it that way, even though it it was painful and I didn't have medication. And Mm. that was probably like the most painful part I would say was like Mm. that part of like pushing and her starting to come out plus the pain of the cut. Yeah. But looking back on it, I'm so grateful that that was the decision she made because she didn't have to take extra measures that could potentially cause anything with the baby, like the baby. And so for me, it was like, I would much rather deal with a little bit of extra pain Mm. than the baby being any sort of extra harm. Or So like back on it, I'm really grateful for that. But and was this the OB who delivered, was she the same one that we've been talking about throughout Mm -hmm. this whole? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's like a, that plays, plays such a huge part in that too, is that you had a relationship with your care provider, Mm -hmm. with your doctor. And so like you trusted that she had your best interests in mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it's so important that you have a care provider that you really trust and a care provider who, you know, you really do believe is caring for you in the best way that aligns with your goals as well. Yeah. And so you were able to trust that decision that she helped make with you. Yeah. It was actually, I got really lucky because she was supposed to be on vacation, but then obviously COVID happened. And so she wasn't (laughs) on vacation. She was originally planning on not being in the office at all that week. And then like, as it kept going closer, she was kind of like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll probably go into work since I'm like mm-hmm. not going anywhere or can't do anything. Yeah. Like, work. She actually has twin daughters that are like a year old. And so she's like also trying to like spend time with them and stuff. Yeah. And so oh, wow. She ended up deciding to work. And then when I got to labor and delivery, they were like, oh, actually you're in luck because your doctor is actually on call and she wasn't supposed to be on call. So wow, she, like, that's here. amazing. They're like, she's already like here. Like she's already oh, good. Here and I was like, oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. Like yeah. it just worked out that way. But yeah, that was the same doctor. And so like you said, having built that like relationship and that trust, mm-hmm. like I knew she had my best interests at heart. I knew she knew exactly what I wanted like with delivery and like how I wanted it to go because I had talked to her about it previously. And so like 
especially in that moment when she was kind of like, okay, this is it. Like you have to do it. It was like, Mm. because I had that trust built, I was like, okay, like you actually mean like, this is it. Like this isn't just like a, Hey, I want to hurry up kind of thing or anything. Mm. Like this is like, for sure. Like something is like, you're worried. And so I need to get it figured out. Um, and they actually had like the whole NICU team outside because she got stuck for so long. They were like, she's like, we have a team outside just in case, you know, like ready. Um, just in case anything is wrong, if baby comes out crying, breathing, everything's yeah. fine. No, no worries. They're not going to come in. They're just, they'll go away, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're like, just in case, because she was stuck, um, they're here to like, yeah, anything they need to do. And so we, I was kind of just like in the zone of like, how do I get her out? How do I keep yeah. her safe? Yeah. I was like barely paying attention to what they were saying. Just like, okay, I yeah. got to get this out and get her out of yeah. here. Um, but at so that when she point, was born, how did you guys end up needing the NICU team or? No, we did not. So she was born and she, but they were able to just place her right on my chest. She was immediately mm. crying. Everything was fine. And so it was kind of like, for me, I've had a bunch of people ask me like, oh, what was that moment like when you met her? And I was like, for me personally, like in that moment, because of the situation, I was just like that relief of like, she's here. She's safe. She's breathing. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it, it like later it took me a minute to like, okay, like I can like now like think about the fact that like, this is my beautiful baby, but it like took me a minute to just like, okay, she's here. Like I did it. I got through that like scary hard part of like that Mm -hmm. and anything extra they had to do. So it didn't go exactly as planned because they had Mm -hmm. to end up like cutting a little bit, but I'm like, at the same time, it went as good as it could have gone for like yeah. that scenario for her to yeah. get stuck and for them to not have to use extra like measures really on her or anything. And then for her to come out nice and healthy, totally fine, yeah. breathing yeah. fine, everything. It was mm-hmm. like such a huge blessing. Um, yeah. And so that was really That's cool amazing. to get to like yeah. see her and hold her. Um, and I think I know like if I would have known like if I would have done a lot more research and like a lot of people are like really uncomfortable with like the aftermath of like the placenta coming and stuff like that. Mm. Like I was like worried that that was going to be like painful and it obviously wasn't. It was like, yeah. um, it just came out and I, I was so focused on my baby at that point. Like I had no, I did not care anything that they were doing. Like Mm. I was so fearful of that stuff. Like, Mm. Oh, afterwards, like, the stitches or whatever the case may be. Like I was so worried about all that. And it was like, I was so like in just like awe of like the fact that my baby was here and she was healthy and safe and in my arms that I like had no care. So I was like, do whatever you need to do. Like, yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, And I think that those are, that is like a fear that a lot of moms have is like, but what if I tear, like what that, what's that going to be like, you know, how bad is it going to be? And honestly, for like most moms that I talk to, it's like, it really wasn't anything or like it was a little something, but like in hindsight, it's just like a detail almost, you know, it's nothing to get like hung up on. And so, you know, again, I think it's like hearing those positive stories where moms are saying like, no, really, like most of the time it is like, just a detail. It's nothing. It's not the main event. Um, I think is like really encouraging to hear. Yeah. I think just in that moment, like your, your like hormones and endorphins Mm -hmm. and everything are like so high that it's like, 
you don't like, you're just like, un, like, at least for me, I was like, just like, un, I just didn't care about like anything else that was going on. It was like, yeah, okay, I'm holding my totally. baby. She's in my arms after yeah. nine months of carrying her. Like I finally get to meet her. And so like just getting to hold her and like mm. they were, you know, stitching the best. and numbing me. And they even put a catheter in me because they had hydrated me so much before that they oh, were like, okay. we're going to do that just to like, make sure you can like get, not have to go to the bathroom like immediately, but then later. Mm. And so they did that and like all this stuff. And I just was like, I just don't no care. Idea. Like it was <laughs> yeah, like, I could care less. Like yeah. what you're mm. doing, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So looking back at your birth experience, is there anything that like, I mean, not that you're thinking about your next birth, I'm sure anytime soon, (laughs) but is there anything that you're like, oh, I would have done this differently or this went perfectly. Like I I would never want to change that. Like what are there like a couple or one, one thing that sticks out to you where you would either change or not change at all? Um, I think for that, I I actually, a lot of people are always like, oh, now that you're thinking about it. And I'm like, actually, like, we're not planning on having kids right away by any means, like immediately or anything. But I'm kind of like, even though that was like difficult, like, that doesn't scare me to think about doing it again. Like, yeah, I I now know that I can do it again. And I've heard so many things about like how much easier the second one is Mm -hmm. and how much faster the labor is and stuff. And I'm like, that's more encouraging than anything. It's like, if I can go through the first one, it sounds like I'm going to be fine during the second one. Um, But as far as like changing anything or not changing anything, um, I think I originally wanted to have other people in the room, but now having Mm -hmm. gone through it without like medication or anything. Um, and just the way I handled it and like the way I was so like in tune with myself and just kind of zoned out. I'm actually really grateful that I didn't have other people in the room. Hmm. Um, I actually would have thought that like, I would have like wanted everybody in the room. And then now having gone through it, I feel like it would have been one of those like kind of times where I would have probably just been like, okay, they can go like, I don't necessarily want them in here, like watching me go through all this, yeah, and, like yeah. having extra things going on. Cause I was very just like in like silence in like in my yeah. own head and like trying to just like talk myself through it in my head, like each yeah, thing that it was like, I wouldn't want like an extra distraction or like extra things going on or extra people asking me if I like needed anything or whatever. Like I just wanted to like focus. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think also having to only rely on my husband, I think that that was like really special because Mm. he like naturally doesn't do really well with like medical things or anything like that. So we were a little concerned about like how he would like handle like watching me go through birth and like he's a really hard time if like someone he really cares about and loves is in pain if he can't like help them it like affects him a lot and so we were really nervous about that but we kind of just went into it with like this sense of peace of like we know it's going to be okay we just don't know exactly how it's going to play out yeah Um, but I think having to rely only on him like helped him kind of stay in tune stay focused and not like get all like wrapped up on like what was Mm. really happening or like the pain that I was in. He was just more so like, how can I help you? How can I help you breathe? Like, how can I make sure you don't like hyperventilate Mm. and you're like giving our baby the oxygen she needs. Um, And that was like one thing he said all the time. He's like, you need to breathe to the baby. Like the baby needs your oxygen. Like you need to get the baby breath. Like when you're hyperventilating, you're not giving her air. And so, yeah. 
he's like, he would talk me through that, but like having to rely on him, I feel like just really made our like experience a lot stronger Mm, um, than if I was like relying on all these other people to like help guide me through it and stuff. I think that that would be one thing that I wouldn't have changed. Um, Like normally I would want other people in there like before going through it. And then now knowing how I personally handled it and stuff, I think in the future, I'm kind of like, well, maybe I just want him in yeah. there, you know? And, yeah. and that's something you just learn from experience. And like, mm-hmm. that's every new mom, you go into it with so many unknowns and you discover so much about yourself. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, like, do you, looking back on your birth experiences, there's something that it like discovered or like it revealed something about yourself that you didn't see in you before your birth experience? Um, I think this was like the hardest question to think about. Um, I think just like knowing that I can like get through it and also like more so of like the bond of me and my husband, I think Mm -hmm. was something that really like stood out is like how in tune we were with each other and like how in tune he was with like me and like what I needed when Mm. I like couldn't verbally express or really even like physically express what I needed, Mm. but like just being like being through that experience together and like how that made us stronger was really special. Um, and then I think as far as like myself, just like knowing that in the hardest moments, like when I really thought like, I don't know if I can do this or like, I don't know if I should just get an epidural or what, whatever Mm. the case was, like knowing that I was able to like mentally talk myself like out of those situations Mm. and just be like, okay, like really sit back and think about it. Like, why don't you want an epidural? Like for you personally, like, and I had to like know my why. And in those moments being able to like draw on that and be like, okay, this is why I chose not to get one. This is why I'm choosing not to get one right now. Like, this is why you know, and like being able to go through each contraction and be like, okay, like that really wasn't as bad as I thought it was like in the Mm -hmm. moment it was painful, but like after it's over, I was like, okay, I can do that. When you can catch your breath. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can get through that. I can do it again. Like I'm this far along and just like the way I was able to like mentally in my own Mm -hmm. head, like kind of talk myself out of like the, the negative thoughts or like the Mm -hmm. pain or things like that. That was really interesting because yeah, I had a playlist all ready to go, kind of like your story. Like I had it already. <laughs> I wanted to have like music in the background because I thought that that would like calm me. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, like you said in your story, like it's really kind of just like how you handle it in the, in the yeah, moment. Exactly. And so like learning how I handle that in the moment and like learning that I just get very like in tune with myself was really interesting. Yeah, that um, is it's amazing how one like you know labor is a few hours of our lives you know and they are um, like momentous hours because we never forget them but it is crazy how much we can learn about ourselves and yeah. i love you know just you saying just all the ways that you saw yourself kind of in a different light and saw the relationship that you had with your husband in a different Mm -hmm. light and, you know, the strength that you drew from the reasoning behind your decisions. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's what is so important for women to 
to grapple with during their pregnancy um, because they can't base their decisions off, you know, something that's not a firm foundation because that's not going to Mm -hmm. hold up against a storm, you know? And so I love that you shared that. And I think that that'll be really powerful for moms uh, to be hearing from your birth story. And one more question before we wrap up our time together, you know, for these moms who are listening to your birth story, like Mm -hmm. you listen to so many other moms' birth stories, what's one thing that you would want them to walk away from listening to your story and um, preparing for their own positive birth experience? What's, what's one thing that you would want them to know? Um, hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I think just, knowing like I've heard this like time and time again through like stories that you've shared or other people have shared but like knowing that our bodies are made to do this like that was Mm -hmm. really comforting for me to like even when I felt like I couldn't do it or even when I felt like I hit like a wall or like a Mm -hmm. hard spot like just being able to tell myself like your body is made to do this like you were created to like birth life and like you've you've gone from this whole pregnancy, you've created Mm -hmm. this person, like, which is so mind blowing to me now, every time I look at my little girl, I'm like, I can't believe that, like, I did that. Like, how did I I make that? Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, my body is so made to do this, and it's going to naturally do what it needs to do. Um, But uh, one of the things that, like, I think for me was super helpful was just, like, getting information and, like, getting informed on, like, how your body's made to do it Mm. and like, like why your body does what it does. And like, just being aware, like very self-aware of like what your body's doing and like why it's doing it and like the phases of labor and stuff like Mm. that. Because for me, if I wouldn't have done that, I feel like I would have been very like blindsided. I would have been very Mm. like fearful because I wouldn't have been knowing exactly what was going on with my body. And I wouldn't have been able to be like as in tune and be able to be like, okay, like this is what's happening. When they say this, this is what's going on in my yeah. body. And this exactly. is why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. Yeah. And, and like, this it's is like how all close that information is a roadmap for you to gauge like, okay, when they say I'm, you know, seven centimeters, mm-hmm. I'm in active labor approaching transition. And yeah. that means the end is in sight, you know, and these are the things that I can be doing. And so I feel like all that information that you learned beforehand really does act as a roadmap for like where your labor can go. Yeah. And like for me, like learning all of that stuff ahead of time, even though it was like only like a week and a half before when I really started like educating myself, I feel like that's, those are the things that I was able to draw from, like in Mm. the hardest moments and like in the pain and in the contractions, I was able to like mentally be like, okay, no, this is what's going on. This is why this is happening. Like my body's made to do this and this is Mm. why, and things like that. Because if I wouldn't have had that for me personally, I feel like I would have just been like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like freaking out. I'm in so much pain or whatever. And I Mm -hmm. would have been more focused on like the pain versus like, how can I keep my baby healthy? Yeah. Yeah. And like, like, how do I get breath to her? Like, how do Mm -hmm. I like do what I can for her and like get her through this, keep her as healthy as possible and stuff like that. Like that was what helped me kind of like get through those moments was like the educational parts of things that I learned. So if, I could give anybody advice. It would be like just knowing that your body's made to do this, but like 
understanding a little bit more of like why it's doing what it's doing and like what's going on in the different phases and like how to best like help your body do what it's supposed to do versus like fighting it or being Mm -hmm. fearful of what's going on and being so unsure of what's going on. Um, that would probably be like my main advice that I would give. Great. I love it. Well, thank you so much. I feel like any mom who's going to listen to this is going to glean so much from your story and just what you've learned along the way from, you know, before you got pregnant, that pregnancy journey to preparing for your birth and then your birth experience. And so thank you so much, Kayla, for sharing your story with us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story. I was so excited because like I said, that's kind of what I drew from the most for most of my pregnancy. And so the opportunity for me to be able to share my story with other moms or other moms that are potentially thinking about doing an all natural birth. Like I know that that was super helpful for me, like just hearing more and more stories of people who've like achieved it and like Mm -hmm. it went well and there wasn't like all this crazy stuff going on. Like that was super helpful for me. So like being able to do that potentially for somebody It's kind of all for it's full circle for you. Yeah. It's really, (laughs) it's really awesome. So thank you so much. Of course. Well, enjoy your little baby girl. What's her name? Her name is Holland. Holland. So oh my gosh. Well, her enjoy name is Holland. Holland Ray Lovejoy. Yes. <laughs> so that precious. I love it. She's That's so the sweetest sweet. name. He's well, actually napping, which is impressive. So. <laughs> well, good. Well, then I'm going to let you go so that you have some time before she wakes okay. up to yourself. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Well, mamas, there were so many beautiful truths that Kayla shared through her birth story. How important it is for your mind to lead the way for your birth, why education is so important for birth preparation, how trusting your care provider offers so much safety in your birth experience, and how powerful and impactful positive birth stories are. Again, if you loved Kayla's story, make sure you subscribe to the Built to Birth podcast, rate it, and then write a review so that more mamas are able to discover these uplifting and beautiful birth stories. Thanks for being with me in this one, and I'll see you in the next one.